welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby on this 27th of April, Freedom Day in South Africa. If you are in South Africa, I hope everybody's enjoying a good public holiday uh, under lockdown. I don't know if that's a paradox, but uh, so for the best, um, let's go. First of all, go to our Cape correspondent, Alex Tarr. How are you, Alex? Um, hello. I'm good. Sorry, I was eating soup. I didn't think you'd come to me first. Uh, uh, <laughs> Every time you put something in your mouth, he throws to you. Like, yeah. unfortunately, oh. like he knows. There's a there's a joke in there waiting to be made, but oh, I, I was okay. gonna leave it. Okay. Um, I'm I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, it's nice to have a day off off work. Um, although, as the kids would say, it uh, it slaps different when you're under lockdown. Is that the kids um, say? That's what the kids are saying. Yeah, kids and like mid thirties white people in Joburg on Twitter who think they're kids. Oh, um, I haven't heard that. But um, yeah, weekend was up and down. I had a good day yesterday, and then, um, as as you know, Adam, I lost a couple of games of Dota. Yes, yes. And then it just went downhill from then. Um, my son didn't want to sleep last night, and I ended up doing like a full body workout at 2 o'clock in the morning to try and get him back to sleep, um, which eventually did happen. Um, and um, then I woke up this morning and lost some more games of Dota. So oh, great. it's been downhill. It's great. Absolutely winning. Nice, nice, Alex. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go to our uh, temporary Cape Town correspondent, Matt, on the other side of the City Bowl. Well, the mountain. How are you, Matt? Uh, I'm chilled. Nice and quiet, yeah. I'm not raising a child, so I'm living the life, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. well, neither am I, to be honest, but anyway. <laughs> you just, you're just cohabiting. I just happened to be in the vicinity while the child was being raised. Uh, I see. Okay. It was bad timing on my part. <laughs> Uh, ben, how are you across across the sea? Uh, yeah, fine. Um, I just sent an email without an attachment, which obviously isn't without the the attachment, the promised attachment, which obviously isn't ideal. Mm. But apart from that, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I do a lot of work with South Africa, so it's like a like a half public holiday for me. Oh, good, okay. winning. Um, so, all right. Well, we we got a lot to get through. That's one gripe. That's one gripe I want Outlook to get on. By the way. Outlook oh. needs to sort out their shit where Gmail knows if you type the word attached, it immediately knows to check if you've actually attached no, it and it sends I, you a pop-up. Outlook, Outlook does do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah mine, do it, mine does that. Mine did never, when I was in an office store, mine never used to uh, do that. You, you're clearly using up. like Office 2003 or something like that. No, no, like, no, but, but Outlook webmail is really cut because you know like, uh, like yeah, almost every other email program, you just drag the attachment in and it just puts it there. Yeah. Outlook, you yeah. have to like click the little paper clip thing, go to your file, find the fucking thing, then go like um, whatever, attach it, and and you can only attach like three at a time as well. It's uh, honestly it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we we got a lot of news to get through. It's probably one of the newsiest episodes we ever had. There's no rugby on the field to to even talk about. Uh, we do have a. Eighth man, fifteen. I haven't. I haven't actually seen the fifteen, or have I? It's with Anton Full. That uh, also worked out. I see. Well, we do have that in storage, but I doubt we're going to get there because we have so much to start with. And I guess we'll start with. Because there's a lot of big news, but we'll start with the the burning dumpster fire that is Australian rugby. On Thursday, Randy Castle, the now ex CEO, resigned from her post um, a few days after uh, eleven decades. Then uh, Michael Linus said, "No, I'm not one of them." Sent through a letter to Rugby Australia saying that there should be a change of leadership, even though they don't have any plans. I know we've raged about this on the pod uh, a lot. I think just what takes the cake is Castle was currently at, at a time when she was doing a media interview where she was pretty much implying that she was going to carry on. Moves were afoot from the Australian Rugby Board to remove her from her post. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Castle has fallen. Sorry, I had to say, say something. About that, uh, I think the the pun, the wordplay that everyone was going on is the castle has crumbled, Adam. Oh, uh, or sacked. No, that's not very good. I don't either. know. I think the I think the castle doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue exactly, but I no. I think the castle may have got out of a pretty shit situation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she... I think she's yeah. For her sake, I think it's a better situation. No, I, I, I genuinely feel she she might come out a she might come out a winner mm. of all of this. Well, for her mental health. Yeah. yeah. So shit. Just like everywhere you look, the media is just like lambasting you, and like idiots on Twitter being like, "Oh well, you know, 
Izzy Falau got paid a bunch of money, so I think we should get rid of Raining Castle. Or like, I haven't watched I haven't watched South African games in 17 years. This is why we don't need Raining Castle. Mm. Like, I just I I'm I'm no, actually kind of impressed that she stuck it out this long. To be honest, it's all all the problems are are, are probably from about. 2010 is when Australian rugby just started to kind of go yeah, through yeah. Like it had a few sort of death throws or whatever with like the Waratahs and the Reds winning Super Rugby or whatever. But yeah. re- realistically, like it's she's just kind of you know picked up the steaming pile of shit mm. and expected to kind of spin it into gold. And when it didn't happen instantly, they noticed that you know she dresses funny and she's a woman. So you know that's not fucking good enough. She was also really yeah. unlucky. Apparently, Optus were uh, days to a week or two away from tailoring a formal offer for the broadcast rights. Yeah, uh, I, I wanna, I wanna actually talk about that. Do you, do you think there could be some sort of inquiry based on that? Because it what? seems fuck off dodgy that Fox loses thing. Looks like Fox is going to lose this tender. Then suddenly they launch this slander campaign. And now suddenly it's looking, everything's looking rosy for them because likely one of their ex or one of their commentators is going to become chairman of the board. Or CEO. Or whatever. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't actually know what Rayleigh's position was. Um, uh, probably not. It's, it's just, I mean, it, all is, it is all very incestuous, right? I mean, yeah, that's half the problem. Like, I don't know, I, like, I don't think you need to launch an inquiry to see that there's like, <laughs> some, some dodgy lines. Sorry, it's the, it's the South African in me. I demand an inquiry. Yeah, a commission. commission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want papers. A report. <laughs> a report. At least, at least, like, like every little commission is like, and they released a seven hundred page report. It's like, yeah. really, like that seems excessive to be honest. Like, um, do you need seven hundred pages? Well, the 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 ten mighty men, uh, minus uh, with Michaelano publicly removing himself from the letter, they apparently met the Rugby Australian interim leadership on Monday, and uh, I won't go through all this crap here, but uh, they're like happy with how things are going. Um, they were like. They were impressed by, like, the fresh ideas, weren't they? Yeah, but, I mean, the ideas come from 1987 through 92. So, I don't know. It really, really grinds my gears. I sound like Peter Griffin. It really really grinds my gears. Do not, no one seems to want to admit it because, I don't know, maybe it's just tendencies for people to kind of dwell on the glory days or whatever. But rugby is an incredibly different sport from what it was 20 years ago when a, yeah. a bulk of these guys were playing. Didn't, was it you, Alex, I saw commented, or was it just straight from Squidge? One of the other pundits in the UK was like, yeah, they must just cut all the analysts and specialist coaches and that to save cash. I mean, back in the day, they did fine without all these people. And everyone's like, no, but rugby's evolved to require those ones now because, no. I mean, if you look back, they were all PE teachers with zero ball skills. Rugby yeah, wasn't well, and, good then. And then you look at you look at like American football and you're like whatever. Mm. Yeah, they have no specialist coaches, I presume. Yeah, they have a, no, they have an Oku coaches, they have like a coach per position almost. I just thought they they a, I just thought they had team owners that did everything. You know, like Jerry Joneses and shit. Jerry Jones, yeah. Yeah, like no, he, no, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's also like I think we've talked about this before, but like I would say even like say the ninety five all blacks, I reckon mm. they would lose to the 2020 Italy. So that that's actually what uh, like Squidge was actually saying. I think on the same thread that Matt's talking about, he said that the 2003 yeah. 2003 World Cup winning English team would probably lose to 2020 Italy, which yeah. is maybe a, a bit of a bit of a stretch. I think 95. Love it. 95 is a bit of a bomb. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Ben changes his mind. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. I mean, like that's that's. But like, I just hate the proliferation of this kind of thought these days. Like, I mean, I know it's, I know it's always been there. Like, and social media just brings it out. But like, how do people get away with stupid fucking shit? Like, oh, we we did we did just fine in the amateur area without analysts. Therefore, we don't need analysts today. No, like, let me, like, let no, me, no let one me, had analysts. Let me just stop you right there. People, while people at large can be very stupid. It is, it is a human uh, trait, unfortunately. So it's, it's the um, there's this French philosopher. Well, I've got this book a while ago called The News. I can't remember what it was. This French philosopher didn't like newspapers because it gave too many stupid people the opportunity to be heard. 
I mean, obviously, it's a very slippery slope. The same could be said for social media and podcasts. Hey, we're here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, meta. Look at us, guys. Look at us complaining oh, about mainstream media. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. We pay, we pay our seven US dollars yeah. a month. We have a right to be heard. Yeah. I need to come and collect, by the way, from you guys. Yeah, uh, too, by the way, uh, I need to buy hit nappies. Me, hit me up. Hit me up. I need yeah. to sort you out. Yeah. Uh, um, Matt's Matt, Matt, Matt still, Matt still got some wand that's burning a hole yeah. in the pot. <laughs> Someone yeah, got, I think I've, I've got like four thousand one, just uh, four one thousand dollar one notes in my in my wallet because you can't exchange them in SA because SA only changes for dollars and you got to then swap dollars to one in Korea. So I'm like, well, fuck. Okay, I've got souvenirs for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm gonna pass them off as a hundred buck note by accident one night because oh, I are... I I accidentally did that at pick and pay once. I had like um I think it was a billion dollar billions and Zimbabwe dollar note. Yeah, and, and it was the same. It was the same color as the hundred rad note, and you know, I just kind of gave it to the lady or whatever, and then she just like looked at me, and I think I was like on my phone or something. I was like, yeah, yeah. What, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah, come, come, come. Let's, let's speed up this transaction, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying come to pay on, you Come on, Tilly, get it together. Tilly, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, press the button. <laughs> press the button. Press I'm, the trying, button. To pay, I'm trying to pay you with something worth less than toilet paper. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, someone, someone who is wondering about his value or self worth, Curly Beal. Uh, apparently, he didn't get a call oh. from Dave Rennie. Um, they put him and his assistants have put together. Well, clearly Rennie's hanging around after Castle got knifed in the back, but he's put together along with his assistants a possible new Wallaby look team thing. Um, they were t- talking to the Sydney Morning Herald, um, but Beal is on the outs at this stage. Uh, while not just, hmm? not just Beal. I saw. Yeah. They also said it's the lowest amount of tars in a long time as well. Oh, uh, that's true. Well, they yeah, have, I, I, I over and above <laughs> Beal being chopped. Like, it's the well, least tars in the squad as well. Up, so that, that's at least one tar that's out there. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, is that why Dan's been... I'm, I'm just going to sign out now, guys. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> is that why Dan's been training some with these late-night training sessions? Full-body yeah, workouts at night. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call up Beal's spot. Only person who comes out of this lockdown with like more muscle tone than I had going in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, just wait, wait. Hey, are you the one working out, Alex? Yeah. How, how does that how does that inspire your son to sleep? Um, well, it's so boring watching me try and do one pull up that he ends up just passing out. No, um, basically one of the techniques we figured out to get him to sleep in the middle of the night when he's already kind of drowsy is we put him on his big pillow that he sleeps on, and um pick him up so rather than like carrying him around until he falls asleep and then trying to put him down on the pillow we carry him around in the pillow until he falls asleep and then we just put the pillow down on the bed um but it's it's not enough to just carry him you have to like rock him so i end up basically doing like laps around the house but like arm arm curling a pillow yeah so basically arm curling so it's up and down arm curling right but then left and right my torso swiveling and walking but like dipping walking like almost like squat thrusts uh, but not all the uh, way down like oh, so so like a, like a, a walking a walking russian twist squash uh, a that's walking exactly what russian it is, yeah. twist I've... squat squat yeah, thrust yeah. bicycle it. you nailed it i was i don't want to say that in case you guys got confused so it's, it's, it's quite it's quite it's quite common like mo- most like online workouts or whatever incorporate yeah. one two takes me back to boarding school and we used to have to squat against the wall uh, with your arms out straight and someone would put a full kit bag of like a cricket kit bag on your oh, arms. Do you yeah, guys remember that? They, they used to call it grow, growing mealies. Well, at, at my class at least. I don't know what they called it. <laughs> I, don't think we, I don't think we had a name for it. It was just horrible. I'm, I'm not sure why it was because like your arms had to be straight and I think that was like dropping the seeds or I'm not, I'm not quite sure why it was called we, we never had to do this at my school. But I didn't go to an so, elite I didn't go to an elite private boys school. Hey, well, that's so, why you—that's why you're never going to be CEO of wait, Rugby Australia. Wait, wait, you don't have any I'm, I'm just going to say this now. It also happened in. Like, I was missing half my elementary boys in my grade five class one afternoon lo- last year, and I, so I asked the girls, "You know, where are the boys?" And they're like, "No, no, honey, teacher, the boss. She's got them downstairs in the gymnasium." Growing millies. Ten minutes later, they come back fucking blood red and sweating. No, no, they've been growing millies for the last 20 minutes because they won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's great. To, to bring it back to Australian rugby, 
after the, after the little diversion. Just some of the names that are part of the list. It's a Noel Oliso, Iris Simone, and Queensland players Angus Lyles, Jock Campbell, who can't kick good with the ball in hand, Harry Wilson, as well as New South Wales prop slash phenom Angus Bell. All parts. These guys are in the squad. Uh, apparently, yeah, these yeah. are the, yeah, these no, are the but new it, it, it's, it's like, No, it's like a monitoring squad or something. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it's, so it's like the same as in Super Rugby where they call up like these thirty guys from these two franchises while they're on a buy, and then the next thirty guys when yeah. they're on a buy. It's the same as what we do. Mm. They yeah. call. They're just keeping tabs on like, like fifty something guys that they think mm. are fit and should stay fit. Mm. Um, speaking of fit, World Rugby. The election has begun, um, but there were some changes ahead of the people allowed to vote. World Rugby, this broke, I think, well, about a week ago, actually. They began to investigate the chairman of the Fiji Rugby Union, Francis Keane, who was uh, has been accused of making homophobic comments, but also he's been found guilty of manslaughter. Um, and, but thankfully, he's been replaced at the RFU by his brother-in-law, the Prime Minister of Fiji, who took control in a coup d'etat. Um, a whole bunch of years ago. So Fiji Rugby Union, looking great. They did endorse Sir Bill Beaumont's bid for re-election. Um, so, so suddenly, a week before the election, after the Sunday Times, I think, broke the story in the UK, they were investigating it. So not looking good. And then after after this break, Keane resigned, as noted. And then, even more, sorry, and now, for more, Asia Rugby. <laughs> But wait, there's yeah. more. Oh, thank you. Sorry, Jesus, I can't even got that wrong. Uh, Asia Rugby, they threw their weight uh, behind Augustine Pichos. Um Isn't it like 51 member countries or something yeah. get votes? Yeah, 51 divided by two. So that's like Nord point. Ben, help me out here with the math. Pointing the finger at you. Two what, what is the sum? It's two how many, divided how many, by how many, 51. It's, a, it's about 2%. It's about uh, yeah, 4%. Yeah, so I was thinking of like Moneyball, where the guy points at the, in that board meeting like with, the, with, the, with the numbers. So you, you, you fulfilled that role. You've seen Moneyball, right? No, Adam. I just make I just make jokes about it. Well, I have a, I've seen Jordan Ulisi. He's less impressive than you, sir. Okay, well, that's a bit, a bit close to home. Anyway, moving on. It, it seems like that But <laughs> um, Beaumont's election is not all sewn up. The Irish and the Welsh um, apparently might or might not vote for Beaumont. They were assumed to be part of the Six Nations cabal led by the evil French. Okay, they're not evil, but they're, they're somewhat evil. I was reading about the 2017 World Rugby uh, shenanigans that saw them get awarded the 2023 World Cup, and I got angry again. So France on my hit list today, just, just because of that. But uh, apparently the Welsh, just on principle, might, this is from Rugby Pass, might not vote for Beaumont due to the Keane saga, the fact that a convicted manslaughter murderer dude um, endorsed Beaumont. And the Irish, I think they're still bitter about 20, also the 2023 they, Yeah, they're salty about France for Yeah, yeah. so... The election's begun, even though I think the, I think the voting ends on is it Thursday or something. And I so I just want to see. Some, I just want to say that Wales and Ireland are interesting ones, because them voting for Pichot is essentially them voting against their immediate best interest, because Beaumont still sort of is their best interest, best case scenario for the, those two franchises in a nutshell. Franchises. Which is I, I like how you reduce, oh, reduce nation states to. I oh, know it's appropriate when it comes to the Six Nations. So they are franchises um, in a way. Yeah, those two, those two unions. It's their best interest to vote for Beaumont now, still. But yeah, so it's really funny how, for petty reasons, they're almost going to shoot their, their best interest in the mm. foot. We do petty reasons. Especially so, Matt, 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 don't t- don't tell them this though. No, no, I won't. I won't. Okay, good. But do you think they're going to do it? Uh, well, look, the vote's no, begun. I, I reckon. I, I reckon they just make him. I, I think they just make him sweat a bit because they they want they want a concession from him. They want him to promise them something. I'm not sure what it is yet. But but they they're going to say, okay, listen, Bill, we'll support you, but this means you back us for our campaign whenever or our to yeah. do whatever, like, or you let us take five South Africans straight from school and start them <laughs> in the Irish team. Or, I, I don't know exactly what they're going to ask for, but they're going to... I think that's exactly what they're going to ask for. 
if they could start an academy and help Macaw and get that yeah. really tall uh, guy, which is that guy up. Annex, they could just annex help Macaw and like make it almost like an Irish diplomatic mission. So anybody who goes yeah. to school there is, is Irish qualified. Um, <laughs> for quick call, we'll, I mean, we've, we've talked endlessly about the Rugby World Cup or World Rugby News. Quick predictions for the vote. Who's going to win? Um, I think Pichot is going to win. I know that's not the smart thing to say, but I'm being hopeful. I think he's going to win. I think, haven't, haven't most of the uh, like predictions of shown that he's like one or, one or two votes ahead? I think Pichot is yeah. like the favourite at this point. What? No, he's, yeah. no, no, no. I don't like, wait, wait where? It's, he can't be the favourite. Yeah, they've now. been like, yeah, they've been one After, two, after Asia kind of came and, out. Yeah, mm. after... Dan, I think most of the ones answer, most of the vote breakdowns enters shown, has shown Pichot ahead by like one or two. Yeah, I think I think he's, most predictions, Pichot takes it 27, uh, 25 or so. So basically any, any movement will, will swing the, will swing it basically. So if yeah. we, if we're going to take the 2017 votes into account, that means Beaumont will win by 10. Right. Yeah, but Beaumont, who was he running against then? Though? Himself. He was running, <laughs> and he was, and he was running with Pichot. Yeah, as he was running with Pichot. Well, that, that that is sort of the thing, because by Pichot criticizing Beaumont, he is in effect criticizing his own, his own policies, because he obviously they were like, well, fuck, you were the, the the deputy or whatever. Why didn't you exercise more? Oh, I don't think it's that. Clear cuts at that level. Yeah. Like it's not. Like, it's not the same as like a political ticket. Yeah. Also, just um, I wanted about the island making joke jokes about Ireland signing schoolboys. Uh, Achis Neumanns off to Munster by the looks of it. Oh, uh, I thought that was that happened a while ago. Yeah. 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 He's off now. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, good. Good for Achia. Um, actually, that, that that does bring very nice bridge. Uh, very quickly, the. I guess since we're on World Rugby, the Rugby World Cup 2023 draw, the tournament that is being bullshitly held in France, um, the draw is going ahead. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop in three years. They're making... Yes. Yeah. yeah, the draw is going ahead three years ahead of date. No. Which makes... But also it's going to be... So if no rugby happens before... No, if not enough rugby happens before November, which it looks like is most likely, mm. it's going to use last November's rankings mm. and this is and this is the french so the draw is yeah this is it was so the draw would have happened four years before the tournament it's it's so, so okay, stupid so, so, i don't so, understand so so just just notably in those rankings japan are eighth currently huh uh, yeah yes argentina are in the third so tier. so it's who's yeah. who's who's ninth I think it might be Argentina. Argentina, I think. I thought Argentina were 10th. Oh, so, yeah, so might, might be Fiji. Argentina. I'm not, I'm not looking I, at it. Let me grab my phone. I know Italy's 12. I'm, I'm just trying to think of the... And then who would be 11 then? Um, Give me a sec. I can pull it up now. Yeah. I just got to get past all the... No, wrong group. Put it in the news group. <laughs> Instead of get past all the all ad, uh, ants complaining about rugby pies. The suspense is killing me. No, um, I don't know who, what do we who's want? ranked 11th in the world. Who's ranked 11th? Fiji. Who's Fiji. ranked 10th then? So, yeah. Uh, SA, New Zealand, England, Wales, Ireland, Australia, France, Japan, the top eight. And then it's Scotland, Argentina, oh, Fiji. Scotland. Forgot forgot about those. Much like the uh, much like the British and Irish Lions selectors do, huh? <laughs> hey, <-o. laughs> burn. Okay, so, so 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 basically, you don't want Argentina. Yeah. Or Fiji, presumably. Yeah, you want Scotland or Italy as your number three seed. But, but you you could end up with some quite because I know obviously this is on brand for me, but I I I don't think Wales is going to be top. Say top six in the world in three years' time. Like to me, they got no one coming through. Not their coaches and experience. Yeah, they got, they got guys coming through. They got good young no, players. No, they're completely shit, Alex. <laughs> okay, so sorry. anyway, Wales. <laughs> no, but think about it. If Wales, Japan, Italy, yeah, 
Wales. That, that could be a group. Yeah, that could be. No, that, that could be a potential group. Like, and that would be pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that could be the case anyway, even if they delayed the whole thing. But yeah, I just think Is like that... I just think there's no reason to like I'm not. We can all see the disadvantages of doing it now, right? What are the advantages of doing it now? Like, what? Why the rush? I don't get it. They can sell tickets in advance. They can. Yeah, but you don't need. But, but then I know you can do it two years early. out. You can do it two years out. Yeah, I like, know, like people don't can... buy tickets that early. I don't know. Maybe you can. Oh no, because they, they haven't even got sewing, venues. Sewing, sewing, out yet. They can start sewing the flags on the like um, whatever souvenir berets. <laughs> I kind of yes. do want a souvenir beret. Yeah, uh, we all want a souvenir beer. Obviously, okay, obviously no? we want souvenir beer. <laughs> come on. Okay. I, I want to, just trying to think now which which country's berry do you want to, like aesthetically? Well, I, re- I reckon Uruguay's beer would look, look quite cool in like that powder oh that powder blue. Powder yeah. blue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, yeah. if, if Team Jersey's are anything to go by, yeah, Uruguay, um, Fiji. None of the striped. None of the striped teams will look no, good. No, I, 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 I think a white beret will be hard to keep clean, eh, Alex? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean, know, what, 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 what's your, what's the beret like? Because, you know, like a cap, like, how yeah. often do you wash your caps? Like, never. I never wash my cap. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but is a beret, because it's more sort of material, so can you wash your beret more? Should you wash your beret? I think I, you like, can. I mean, I wash my, I, like, my cap is, is pretty dirty because I wear it, like, doing garden work. And that kind of, yeah. that kind of thing. I, w- I probably wouldn't wear my beret for that. No, but I mean, like, just wear and tear. You know, shit gets like your shirts you wear to work. Like, they still get dirty. Mine don't. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I, I, spill, I spill feed on myself like twice a day. So, to, <laughs> to, to, to move like your the, your duality conversation on a beret onto yeah. South African rugby. Um, I mean, this week. So, sorry, Jets, I, I didn't, didn't mean to interrupt, but we do need to keep moving on. Rugby uh, in South Africa, they finalized a financial package to safeguard the future. They put out this whole statement um, about what's happening. Uh, in essence, the game is saving between 700 million and a billion rand um, over the course of the year to remain functional. And in terms of the competitions that are remaining, and there's another more important element to this I'll get onto at the moment, the more intriguing one. Um, obviously, Super Rugby's over, but the tournaments that SA Rugby are still hoping to have for this year, you've got the Currica Premier First Division, a local franchise competition to run from June to August as an alternative to the Pro 14 and Super Rugby. The, the wrinkle in this one is, depending on what level of lockdown or uh, alert level, whatever the government are calling it for COVID-19, move to. Right now, sports is forbidden. So I'm not quite sure if it's allowed at three or two. So we need to see what water goes under the bridge. Currica. Both divisions, tw- under-21 provincial competition, the Super Sport Rugby Challenge, which I guess back in the day was the Vodacom Cup, the Women's Interprovincial Competition, international matches with uh, the Springboks men's and women's teams, and the World 7 Series. And the following have been cancelled, four youth weeks, under-17, under-13 teams, Craven Week, under-19 week, under-20 competition, and a provincial competition. So this is all understood. Everybody's having a good time. But the most intriguing thing, and the villain of all this, is Alex's favourite player. Johnny Kotze. <laughs> <laughs> the, master, the mastermind. Yeah, Johnny Kotze. The, the, the puppet um, master. Yeah, Kotze, he's... Okay, it's funny because Furby's leaving the Bills. He's heading to Japan after the Bills accepted a transfer request. So on Sunday, the Afrikaans newspaper reports... I, I thought he was going to Europe. No, no, no. He's, wait, he's going to Japan. Now, on Sunday, the Afrikaans newspaper reports, which probably is probably some of the best rugby reporting in the country, reported that Kotze has ended his career with the Bills due to SA's rugby's enforced salary cuts in Japan. However, his agency <laughs> nullified these claims, saying the 27-year-old, he had been pursued by various teams in Europe. Um, and despite That's negotiations with the Japanese club, I know, <laughs> the player accepted the Bulls contract extension, even though it was below his current market value. Of course, his agent's going to say that. That's also a lie. But it is, it is <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, how, how can it be below Alex, 750? Give, 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 give us your fair market value. Yeah. <laughs> but in another twist, we'll get there. Kotzer will now be leaving the Bulls. Um, and this is, and this is uh, as part of the 21-day window. Uh, I will turn it over to you more, Alex. But more importantly now, Yander Koerning, I know he wrote this on the 22nd um, of April. 
Um, he's the editor of Rugby 365 magazine. He's probably the most the most informed contact at the website. In terms of how the salary cuts have worked, we mentioned the 700 million to a billion rand figure. Um, I know that the SA Rugby and the My Players and the South Africa Serio, I'm not quite sure who they are. All the unions, all the all the all the guys agreed to to cut. But apparently he says a number of players are very unhappy. And this is the reason why, according to him anyway, what the statement didn't state is that players earning approximately 250,000 rand a year, which is what, about 22k a month, round about. Round about. Or less. Less than 20, actually. It's like 19. Yeah, yeah. they won't face any salary cuts. Um, a 19, That's fair enough. Those are a lot. Well, I mean, it's more than most in South Africa, but it's not a lot. Above that, excuse me, the sliding scale will see players lose more the higher their profiles and earnings and more higher their earnings. It's believed that the top end of the scale, so our best players, the Peter Steps of this world, etc., they will lose 35% of their salary. Um, but they have also created this three week window. I'm not quite sure what it means where players can terminate their contracts as such. Sorry, I know I might not, might not be using the, the correct legal jargon here. If they can get an alternative offer from other employers, hence Kotsa leaving. Though I know the rumor mill with Kotsa is he was one of the driving forces behind negotiating this clause. He's the first one out the fucking door. <laughs> when it, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just a rumor. Uh... No, but 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 I, I don't like like it's when they it's like kind of like when they have a go at politicians for sending their kids to private schools, and yeah. they're like, why? And in a way, these politicians are doing good. They freeing up spaces in public schools for other people. That's what Cots is doing. He's freeing up salary cap. Like he just needs to take hand of the narrative here. Like he's a hero. All right, guys, I've got to run. I think the baby's done a shit. Oh, okay. oh my God. Just like Johnny Kotzer. Just like Johnny Kotzer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel Johnny Kotzer. Yeah, talk. Johnny Kotzer public <laughs> number one. Oh, cut him deep there, Ben. Now you've cut him yeah. deep. Um, yeah, what did my son ever do to you? Apparently, many players are unhappy. No, I kind of agree. Yeah, the okay, guys, I'm sorry, I've got to run. Uh, yeah, but good luck. yeah, I won't be back, unfortunately. Uh, thanks for having me on, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, shot. Good cool. luck. Cheers, cool. Alex. Good luck. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Ben. It, it's, it is it's just a question of optics. It doesn't look great, but ultimately, he's taking care of number one, in a sense. You can't blame him for doing so, if, if I read what you were saying correctly. Yeah, no, no. Like, I don't. I, I think, to be honest, any. Like, I, I applaud his agent for. <laughs> Fucking one, finding Johnny Kotzer a job, and two, finding Johnny Kotzer a job in these circumstances. Like, it's it's really impressive, to be honest. Like, um, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure who he's signed for, but I'm surprised Japanese clubs are even signing players at this point as well. Like, apparently they're the least affected. They, their season. Yeah. Oh, sorry, but, uh, sorry. Oh, oh just the way their season works. Yeah, well, they yeah, because they're making quite a few moves now. I mean, even Alistair Kutsia just announced that he's done. I see today. So like, even coaching staff they're shuffling around. Okay, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, to me, even if you there's an end in sight, you wait till the end before you start kind of making, making moves. Yeah. I guess maybe Johnny's Johnny's contract says something like he only starts getting paid, you know, once he appears in Japan yeah. or whatever. Uh, like a fitness test, which they can't currently perform. Speaking of another South African censor, well, I think Kotsa still a censor, um, former Springbok, I think he only played once or twice um, for South Africa before he blew out his knee. Ryan Janssen from Rendsburg, he's been fined, yeah, this is a shit lot of money, £32,500, so that's... Uh, very close to 700,000 rand, and suspended for two weeks after signing player, I don't even know how you do the signing playing contracts for two premiership clubs, and Raysburg was charged with a conduct with conduct prejudicial to the interests of the game, contrary to IFU rule 5.12 for signing for both Gloucester and the Sale Sharks, as I said, 700,000 rand. Sale were charged with breaches of the IFU regulation 7.5 approaches to players, and his agent, um, they just have his agent, Matthew, so his agents. No, it's not me. Yes, Register no agent Matthew. So, so, don't, don't you know Matthew? It's it's like yeah. it's like uh, Ronaldo or Prince or whatever. Yeah, it's just, just Matthew. Matthew okay. Yeah, yeah, Matthew. You're just Matthew now. We have Matthew. The end. 
So he was charged with breaching RFU regulation 8.5.2. Um, the club, Van Rensburg, owns Ginvert. It's Matthew Ginvert. Accepted the charges and the following sanctions. Uh, suspended. Sales sharks were given points. Deduction of five points suspended. Ginvert, yeah, this is my best. The agent, he received a reprimand, was fined £3,750, and was directed to undertake the agent's education program. What, what is that? Is that like a morals class? Or something like that? Yeah, he's going to go to essentially. How, how did this happen? What are the actual, like, facts? So, okay, as far as I can work out, he, 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 cur- he currently plays for Gloucester, huh? No, yeah. I thought he played for Sale. No, he plays for <laughs> Gloucester. So what happened? This seems like the exact conversation in the in yeah. the in some rugby board where they picked this up. So essentially, I think what happened is he signed a contract with Sale without negging or con- cancelling his contract with Gloucester before. So he was contracted and then signed because the money going to Gloucester from his fine is essentially his cancellation fee. Oh, wait, wait, I have it here. I actually have, yeah, you're pretty much on, on the money there. So according to the disciplinary hearing, which took place via Zoom, of course it did on the 15th of April, Gloucester coach Johan Ackerman, who also coached for Rensburg at the Lions, is one of the witnesses called up. And in his witness statement, statement said the following, as I understood it, the general position was that players should tell their franchise, it's interesting he calls it a franchise and not club, that they receive an offer. However, I was not actually sure if any such provision was, was in Rohan's contract. Um... So, I only played once for South Africa. Oh, and I think it's quite a try. So, so wait, who does he actually play for? I lost that. He actually, Gloucester? Gloucester. Yes, because Ackerman's upset that he didn't tell him. Oh. He's leaving. And, but he's already played games for sale. So, is this like a backwards thing? What? He's, he's, there's pictures of him in the sale top and stuff. No, no. No, but didn't he originally, he went on loan to sale? That was his original oh, to England, okay. Then he then he was signed for Gloucester with, so now it seems he's gone back to sale, but without formally, whatever, winding up his Gloucester stuff. I was, I'm trying yeah. to Google him, Johannes and Rosberg, Gloucester. I'm not sure we have this right, eh? <laughs> we should have just asked you. We should have just asked for the password to the Zoom here. Right? Yeah, I, I, I think I. Because I'm also. Just I would have they're finding sale. So I'm so confused. Anyway, it's it's a fuck up. Um, I wasn't going to curse, but I've got my bloods up, so I apologise. I'm trying to hold back. So yeah, Ryan's been fined. Um, that's what we need to know. Someone who's a bit more unlucky, just going across the Irish Sea to Ireland. Apparently, James Cronin, he accepts a suspension for unintentional anti-doping violation. Oh, no, that that is fucking bullshit right there. This is unintentional. A, it was a dispensing Fuck error by the pharmacy means violation of unintentional. Munster, um, like... Okay, no, it looks like he's going to Gloucester. Because according to Wikipedia, it's, he's Ron Munster from Rensburg. It's Lions, Sale Shark on loan, Sale Sharks 2018 to present. So Sale Sharks are the injured party at the moment. But why are they but then fined? Why is Ackerman being called as the aggrieved witness then? That doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Um, I'm really confused. Um, but yeah, with Cronin, he tested positive for uh, prednis... Oh, gee whiz. Prednisone. 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 Oh, thank you. Prednisone. And prednisone, okay, they're twice. Following the Munster Heineken Cup Magicans Racing 92 um, on November 23rd. Uh, prednisone. Say it again, Matt, please. Prednisone. Prednisone. Yeah, Prednisone. Okay. It's a synthetic steroid? Yeah, it's a fairly standard. I mean, it's one you get for, like, a, sh- a dodgy chest. Oh, okay. Well, it's a synthetic drug similar to cortisone. They're banned by WADA. Andy Davis, the independent judicial officer appointed by blah, 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 except that Cronin, who had been unwell leading up to the match, was prescribed antibiotics by Dr. Jamie Kearns. Any relation to Phil Kearns? But collected the medication intended, for, sure not, intended for another customer at his local pharmacy. Kearns, the Munster team doctor, had emailed the prescription for the antibiotic amoxicillin. Cronin, it was proved there's no significant fault negligence to a very mysterious mistake by a pharmacy. 
Herbie Davies noted that he could have done more to avoid the violation, as players cannot rely blindly on the advice of their team doctors, and the player ought to have at least stopped to consider why he'd been given two sets of medication instead of one. Mm. I'm sorry, okay, then if, if Cronin's innocent, that pharmacist must be disbarred or whatever That's you the, call it. It's the literally their job, isn't it? A pharmacist. Is it yeah. like, like, I don't know, Matt, your sister's a pharmacist? Like, yeah. if you give someone the wrong medicine, that's pretty much the worst thing you can do as a pharmacist. Yeah, it's a fucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why they have, that's why they have like professional insurance. Professional yeah, well, insurance. that's why they have pharmacists and not just like a random shop helper getting drugs. Like, because it's a, there's a duty of care or whatever. I don't know. I reckon if, if this was, okay, let me think. If, if this was Jesse Creole, if Jesse Creole, that's the language they speak here on Marissa's, Jesse Creole, they, they would throw the fucking book at him. Imagine the articles that would be going on now. If one of South Africa's big boys got hit, or Eben or whatever, got hit with this same accusation. Yo, or a period Dianti, or whatever. Imagine the, imagine the accusation. But, oh no, the pharmacist fucked up. It seems far more likely that James Cronin is doing something dodgy than a pharmacist who's literally, it's their job not to fuck up, fucked up. Yeah. yeah. There was, um, yeah. How um, long is he suspended for? Uh, sorry, I've actually lost the story. For two weeks. Sure. Bullshit. Oh, was that much? Uh, moving on to, I guess, like, no, wait, that, we're not going to that news yet. Uh, new, this, oh, so I want to get your view on this. New Zealand Rugby, they've announced a Super Rugby review. And it's an, uh, they call it wide-ranging. Uh, they've established a committee that will include the CEO, Mark Robinson, Chairman Brett Impey, and the chairs of the five New Zealand Super Rugby franchise and private rep, investor representative, Liz Dawson. Blues Chairman Don McKinnon will head up the committee that will look over a broad range of factors when considering the direction of Super Rugby in New Zealand. Monday's announcements, COVID, COVID, international travel, uh, we know all about these issues. And it's called uh, Aratipu, Forgive me if I mispronounce it. That's the name of the review. The work we are announcing today will look at a range of options for the future of Super Rugby New Zealand with a goal of offering competition that enrage, engages fans, financially sustainable, and develop players. Um, okay. I mean, what what could they do conceivably? They, they want to cut South Africa. Because the thing is, like, um, the financially sustainable means that. Like, in all fairness, like, Super Rugby is this really unwieldy thing. Like, it is. It's, like, really? like it's it's hugely expensive. It's, logistically, it's a nightmare. And now it's not, re- it, I would argue it's still producing a really good quality of rugby. Mm. But it's, yeah. it's not producing the kind of the turnouts and the, the like, the live turnouts and the TV revenues, what, which people want to see. So... I think they're going to try organize something with just them and Australia and potentially Fiji or Japan uh, or something like that as well. I guess this is because something we haven't really touched on. Sorry, Ben, please finish your thought. Yeah, because I, I can't see... Because it is, South Africa and Argentina are sort of the the odd ones out in Super Rugby. So Is this kind yeah, of also, how... Also, I, I was a bit confused because it said in that article, hmm. it said Super Rugby currently has 15 teams. And it's played over 16 time zones. Okay. Yeah. Which, which, which you know, I'm, I'm fine, whatever. But I'll, then I was thinking, South Africa have five teams, and they're all on the same time zone. Okay. All of the... If I'm, if I'm speaking under correction, but all of the Aussie ones are within a time zone or two of each other because Perth's gone. Yeah, so 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 all of the so I, I don't know if the sixteen because because obviously no, I, I'm, I'm guessing they they get the extra number from um from um the Sunwolves playing in Japan and playing in Singapore, so that's a time zone. No, but it's not just that. It's most probably I'm telling you now. It's time zone one is they're counting the time zones from the earliest time zone to the latest, and there is most probably sixteen hours difference between Japan and Argentina. Is that, is that how you count time zones? There most probably is. I want to see what the time zone difference is between Japan and Argentina. Yeah, but that, that's like saying between us we live in three time zones. Which is not possible. Well, it is. Because it, the, the 
zones themselves exist um outside yeah, of, i don't, you know, I don't know to, to me that's just it was a bit of sensationalism yeah, look it mm. is it is sensationalism because that's how they must probably are reading it argentina have to see what the difference is uh yeah so it's nine it's 12 hours apart they're 12 hours on the dot apart yeah there you go oh sorry uh, yeah, so any, anyway, I, I think I think this, it's... Like, I can't see how, how else could they make Super Rugby more financially sustainable. And the, unless they do what I want to do and make it a single venue tournament. That's the other option. Every, and what, every year? year. So, SA hosts it one year. Yeah, so you just say, SA hosts it, Australia hosts it, New Zealand hosts it. And all the players you are, you base there, and you just play all your games around the country. What about Argentina, though? Oh, sorry, and Argentina, yeah. Argentina so, can base themselves in whatever Potterstrom or whatever. Yeah, but else isn't there. they dicking them over? Then South Africa are treating Argentina like Australasia is treated South Africa for the past. No, well, years. fine. Then split it between four places, and then have. All we can do is like being, being devil's advocates. Um, we could host it in SA, and then just have. Argentina pop only pop over to Argentina to play every now and then. I, I also I also think if they hosted it in single venue a single venue tournament, they would get they would get more travelling fans. Because mm, you'd come to watch your team for like a couple of mm. weeks. Yeah, yeah, because I, I would say because like I like to me it's never like I can never see myself going to Australia to follow the Lions, but I could see myself going there. You know, while the whole thing's happening and it's like a vibe. So, I saw, yeah, because when Pro 14, when they came to, when Munster came to play in George, they had a group of fans that were basically touring SA as with Munster. Yeah, so, as, the, as Munster was doing the three, three whatever, there was just like a big bus of Munster fans just rolling from venue I, to venue. I, I, I remember Chris Lee saying that he, he'd watch the Kings in... But basically, he watched them once in South... He'd watched them twice in South Africa, and he'd watched them twice in um, in Ireland. So he's he reckons he's the Kings' best supporter, because he's seen yeah, well, he is, yeah, the four best. times, which is more than any other... Okay, I've... I've, I've only seen Pro 14 Kings once. I've seen them live though about six or seven times. Yeah. Not it's not, it's not, it's not a competition, Matt. Okay. I've got a, I've got a rare Super Rugby cap under my belt though. Nice. Um, but did you actually raise a more uh, intriguing point, Ben? Is this kind of the breaking point that pushes South Africa finally into the arms of the Northern Hemisphere? Yeah, but I don't... Do, do you think they want it? Is there space for us in the Northern Hemisphere? I don't know, but also there's the broadcast contracts that are holding everything up. Uh, I think a single country idea is probably the most viable one in that sense. You'd have to restructure the whole tournament into like... It's asking a lot for a, a, a team to be away for two months or something like that. It'd have to be maybe max over a month. The oh, pro- what's, what's, what's World That's Cup? The World for, Cup. For, for, That's the World days? Cup. No, World Cup. What was the World Cup? 56 days? Uh, or yeah. Well, that's, that's to the very end. I just, I that's... feel like broadcast, they need more content than that. Unless you make it that valuable yeah. to get the money they need over that uh, two-month period. Oh, fuck. It's economics. I, I, I like the idea. Um, yeah, it's just... No, no, but, but the, thing is, the thing is, if you're doing that, theoretically, you'll be making significant savings. So the oh. the tournament, the broadcasting rights and the attendance rights wouldn't have to be as lucrative. Or maybe okay, this is going to make it sound, make it sound very stupid. Do they do it in two countries a cycle, or all three, but they move from one country to another? So there's not yeah, you hold it from you hold it from no, but that's so what you did with the, what the Sunwolves did now essentially is base yeah. themselves in Australia for three weeks and then just so you play a month. So SA holds holds the tournament for a month. Yes. They play all their home derbies and they play their touring games. Then Australia holds it for a month. We all play home. Aussie plays all their home derbies. Uh, yeah. So that's the month we don't watch. Everyone goes to tour in Australia. Yeah, and but then, I don't. I don't think that's that's not cheaper because everyone's still traveling. 
Yeah, but only yeah, once. But you, or twice. You only travel twice. Yeah, but you, so you, you only travel. You only do two international trips. But only travels once anyway. Yeah, but no. you book out whole planes, Ben. Like Led Zeppelin. But that's the plan, right? You like book out Oh, okay. Planes, so, okay, yeah. So it's like economy of scale. Whole, whole team. Like both. Like you pack on all the teams onto one plane and fire it off. <laughs> well, that's that, the, fuck, I don't know if the plane will be able to take off. Jesus, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm just... And uh, with the orphan economy, just imagine a plane just full of rugby players. The entire fucking plane of rival teams and all that jazz. It'd be, it'd make... Fucking Tupo still pranking everyone. <laughs> just trying to jump scare everyone on the plane. Yeah, he's, he, he walks up to like uh, Thomas the Toy, just flicks him in the air, and then just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, why? Like, I feel like we're coming up with very smart solutions here, but we're not economists. So I really hope smarter people know what they're doing. A travel economist. I mean, oil's cheap now. I guess it really fucks up the That's what they should do. They they should just bulk buy oil. You don't really buy oil. You people literally pay you to take it off their hands yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Get all that oil. Get wild. all that oil, and then be like, listen, we have fucking a million tons of oil or whatever. Let's build some transport form that can just zip us about where we need to go, and it can just sustain the whole of Super And, and you can store the oil at like a place that doesn't get any spectators, like Loftus. You just put all the oil there. So there's no threats except to for your life. Except for your uh, season seaters, right? You no. just put it in a stand sort of to enforce... No, okay, wouldn't you be worried about seepage into your garden then? No, I, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't live in but the, Pretoria. I live on the other side of the XK, okay? Ben, so. ben, I worked out how you can sort of allow fans back into the stadium. You fill half the seats in the stadiums with oil drums. Oh, that's clever, yeah. So then there's a... <laughs> Oil drum between <laughs> everyone, so they can't get to each other. Then it's fine. Then it, all, it would be, it would be a, it would be a bit hard though. Like you know, when you need to get to your seat and you do that, like excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> yeah. for the fire. But then, like the oil drum, like how are you getting past that? No, but the oil drum is in place, of, so it's not on the foot footer. It's on the seat, so you oh, move the oil the drum seat. on the seat. Okay, so you can still so excuse me around it. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can walk in front of it, but then obviously the per- you can't see the person next to you. And then if you want to make the stadium look full, all the oil drums just have like shittily painted on faces. And it'll just no, be you- like the master experience where someone really tall sits in front of you, and somehow manages to obscure your view. You How know? tall do you think an oil drum is, Adam? Well, they're pretty big, aren't they? I think they are quite big. It's like a a, a drum bry, Matt. Like that's yeah, exactly. If you put that uh, on the chair, it's not going to be one point two meters. I reckon it's bigger than your torso. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, it's not going to. Well, why why did the? No, actually, but this would be okay. No, I've got it, guys. No, I don't have it. Fuck. What was it? What was it? It was like you sit on the oil drum, but then obviously that defeats the point so then every second seat would have two drums but every then, first yeah. seat would have one drum no that still doesn't work mm. but then no no i've got it no i don't have it okay well wait I'll, no I'll, yeah, I'll... yes but then you just have to space them out okay i've got this guys we, we've solved the problem yes no, so what, you just line solution? it you line it up so it's like a two drum looking over a one drum Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you so the incline the, of the stadium is a lot steeper than it is now currently. Yeah, it's a dangerous. It's like you know those like Argentina like football stadiums or whatever, or like the you know the the wooden stands at the Wanderers, Adam. Oh yeah. So I'm Jesus. I'm assuming I'm assuming anyone that, with like anyone in row D or further up essentially has to be issued with climbing gear. No, yeah, but like bring your own. It's like a mask. Like the government tells you to do it, but you need to sort it out for yourself. Okay, fair. Because fuck, I mean, three oil falling from a height of three oil drums. Two oil drums, right? That's high. Yeah, yeah. but no, yeah, but yeah, but that's the thing. So you're gonna have to do one oil drum, and then the next one's two oil drums. So the one behind that has to be three. Yes, and then four. Why, and then why, no, no, uh, no. Why don't they just take out the whole the the stands basically, and then just replace them with tiers of oil drums? Okay, there we go. Then you can bry in the stands. True. No, no, the, the, no the, Adam, because you've got oil in the oil. Jesus. 
Lockers will burn for shit. No, but there's no oil in the drums, though. I'm assuming there's no there oil. There is oil in the drums. The whole plan is predicated on us buying oil, Adam. Will you not pay attention? No, I, I thought that was a separate hypothetical. So, okay, okay I, need, I need to stop you there. I've just I've spotted some other news uh, instead of that basting me. Um, well, what's breaking? What's breaking? It's not breaking. It was two days ago, but I missed it. It's actually kind of important. The Premiership players in England for rugby... And they're looking at setting up their own union after the RPA, the Ready Players Association, uh, apparently didn't turn up in the crisis. This is on Ready Pass. Um, and the sense of injustice, from this is an article, is further fueled by how clubs have allegedly colluded not to sign each other's players, leaving about 55 top five players in limbo as they come into the end of their contract dates on June 30th, with nothing agreed beyond that date. There's also been speculation that some clubs are looking to reduce the 7 million salary cap, a development that would put a further squeeze on player wages if implemented, according to Telegraph. An unnamed source came the breaker union would have an immediate backing of upwards of 100 players. I know that there are wheels in motion for an independent union. Um, I'd like to think that what comes out of this independent body going forward is because you can't have players negotiating with owners and chief executives about the future of their careers. That's the whole reason for agents, correct? And apparently the current union gets a lot of money from Premiership rugby at the same time. Um, and then the guy defended himself and all that jazz. So, very interesting times. Can, can, can I suggest these guys um, give Johnny Quitz's agent a call? Yeah, Quitz is free, which is interesting. Yeah, but uh, but also it's a it's a global market. Like, you know, if fine, go Sorry, to can, like go to off your services in France or Japan or New Zealand or whatever. Yeah. Like, you're just feeling sorry for yourself because you can't create the ideal little situation. Like, mm. fucking hell, everyone's struggling at the moment. Like, maybe the clubs, maybe it isn't a bloody collusive deal. Maybe it's just that, you know, clubs don't want to put players on their books, which are going to potentially just sit there for six months. Mm. Um, did did you see the news about Joe Marler, by the way? No. Really? Essentially... Essentially, he's not going to get his 10-week suspension. It was on predicated on 12 weeks running over a specific 12 weeks, missing 10 matches in. So when the <laughs> season got suspended, oh my God. his suspension didn't get suspended with the season. So by the time the season kicks back in, apparently, if it does kick back in, his suspension is finished. So he'll not miss anything. So are you saying Joe Marler had a hand in the COVID crisis to get around his suspension? I'm not saying he had a COVID crisis, but he's... <laughs> Fucking come out of it better than you went. Smelling like roses. Uh, yeah. Go figure. Uh, Smelling like fucking yeah. balls, the, so. the, the last thing we'll have time to talk about um, today because we've reached the hour. How time flies. The Wales Online, uh, they've put together a list of the 15 um, players earning the most money in rugby at this moment in time. Very quick breeze through the list is we've got uh, 50 Clerk at 15, who's earning half a million pounds a year. Burden Barrett, uh, 520,000 pounds a year. Finn Russell, 535,000 pounds a year. Johnny Sexton, 536. Uh, Manu Tuli and Stuart Hogg are both earning 550, um, just over half a million pounds each. Michael Hooper at 9, he's earning 572,000 pounds or 1.1 million Aussie dollars. Morgan Parra, 580. Nicholas Sanchez, 580. Dan Begar, 600. Stephen Lua Tua, 650,000 pounds. Owen Farrell, 750,000 pounds. Mario Toji, 875. And top of the pops is, not surprisingly, Charles Piatal, who's earning about 1 million pounds a year from the Bristol Bears. And somewhat surprising, Andre Pollard, who apparently has been paid 1 million pounds a year by Montpellier. It's, it's, quite, it's quite a weird one because... I would say if you listed the 15 best rugby players in the world, obviously rugby is hard to define because, you know, of the positions and stuff. But I would say, okay, I hate to say this, but probably Itoje, Farrell. No, not Pollard. Barrett, obviously. I would say he's like, like Morgan Parrott. Doesn't even start for France anymore. Mm. Mm. Uh, Stephen Luatua to me they are better he's like uh, the bloody he's kind of a Kira only level to my 
you know, like someone mm-hmm. like Peter Steph Hoy to me is infinitely better than Stephen Duatua. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it shows. This is. I think this is a lesson to everyone. Go go where your skills are most highly valued. It's true. Yeah. It's where you can earn, earn but, the most money. I wonder how long has Luatua been playing where he is, and how, um, how much is it? Is it just a result no, of a few years? No, but it's that Br- Bristol Bears. They he picked up. They picked up him and Pietar when they were in the second division still. Yeah. So uh-huh. I think I think it was a sort of a premium attached to that. Like, listen, come play for the second division club, and we are gonna, you know, push for promotion now. But obviously, I think you you have to pay a bit of a. You know, you have to pay a bit more to convince a, a top flight player to go play second division rugby, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and he's been there since twenty. 2017. Um, yeah, that's, we're, we're out of time. That's pretty much going to wrap okay, up. Okay, can, can I also say uh, Feral Lady Toje, not for long. Yeah, not for, not for long uh, as well. Uh, yeah, Ben, did you hear about our league? How it ended? Oh, oh. oh. No, just wait, wait. So who, who, I saw you didn't win, Adam. No, I made it to the final. Okay. Who won? So let's, let's break it down from the bottom, from the bottom, Ben. For, so 5-6 playoff was Phil and I. And I managed to squeak, squeak away the fifth place. So oh, full, nice, man. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. With my highest score of the season. Yeah. Ah, oh, classic Matt. Matt the cat. <laughs> okay, then Ant and Andrew played off for the third, fourth place with uh, Ant taking it by significant amount. And then that left Adam confident in his chances. Playing against Alex, who Alex Wonsby, Alex Wonsby, who had to make all four of his trades so that he could field a team of 15 players in the final week, in the final round. Adam blew two of his trades on players not cockily blew two of his trades on players not even playing that weekend. Ben, he drafted in Israel for love for no reason at all. <laughs> Yeah, just decided. I, I really wanted to. Um, I wanted him I just to, to be on the bench for a championship-winning team, so he doesn't share in any of the glory. He just gets to watch it from as close a view as possible. And well, Vip, now, I mean, now you got to you got to share even less glory now, Adam. Yeah, and, and yeah. Vimpy van der Valt, who was a try-scoring machine for the Kings in 2013. I wanted a Kings player. Oh, I, I had I had place Engelbrecht beforehand, but I signed van der Valt. So, Adam, this, this sounds like a classic Ben move. <laughs> No, no, but no, Ben, this is the best part. So, Adam, you finished all your players, I think, by like the third or fourth game, like your whole team had played, essentially. Like uh, you had no yeah, South, yeah, you've yeah. got no South African players. So, like halfway through the weekend, Such Adam was rut. not finished. You're actually right. I did a single one. I did not know. Yeah, but, halfway, but, but doesn't the weekend happen instantly? Yeah, it does. But we were going, we were, so we were filling in the scores as the games were going. Yeah, so around the first match, yeah, this okay, one, and yeah, then yeah. all those players. So we were filling in like you would a normal weekend. Just happened in like the space of five minutes. So Adam Adam was looking halfway through the weekend. Adam had finished up with an average of 32 points and a score of 480. And then Phil slowly started. Did not look good. Did not look good. Did not look Ale- good until the Alex. Ugh, Alex. Sorry, I flipped. I flipped him around so many times. Alex was, and then Alex got to the last game with, I think only Jack Portgieter no. left to play. No, but even sure. before that, Brew, it was the Sharks Kings game that fucked me. Really? Sorry, I know. I don't mean yeah, to interrupt the story. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. So the Sharks King game. So Beast got sixty something to reel reel in the score, and who else? But essentially, it came down to... Yeah, Will Skelton played off the bench and got 37 for Alex. Let's see. But yeah, it got all the way... So Alex was sitting 32 points behind Adam. One game to play, Bulls versus Stormers. And all Alex had in that game was Jacques Portgieter. <laughs> and Portgieter pulled it out the bag. Portgieter scored 33 points. <laughs> <laughs> Alex scored 481 points. So I lost in the last player. Um, so it just taught me a lesson to not be cocky. Uh, you lost quite, Yeah, it was quite humiliating. Um, and for Azar Saidi, I blame him. He got one. 
of, uh, but I started my best available team apart from maybe Andrew Hall. I've been realizing I've been backing Stephen Moore on, on reputation alone. Uh, but this is early Stephen Moore. This is Stephen Moore before he got good. No, he was meant to be in his. I don't know. Either way, he. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was meant to be in his prime. Adam Stephen Moore was never in his prime. Yeah. He was always a bit like, oh, Stephen Moore's been there for a while, eh? Like he was never. He's never been a young man. I'm just trying to find out his freaking average. Um, yeah, I've got the spreadsheet open, right? Give me a sec. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, that's going to wrap it up right. for this episode of Elite Rugby Badger. If you have been listening, thanks very much. We will be back next weekend. Yo, yo. Apologies for the the break in um, in novelty XVs as well. Yeah, we will have a novelty XV back next week, and then Adam eighth man. Yes. Stephen Moore's average for the season was twenty two. And Andrew Wars? Wars was... 23. Andrew Hall. Wait, now I've got to type Andrew Hall because every time I type in Hall, it just shows me all of your players. Oh, right. <laughs> Andrew Hall, his <laughs> season average was 16. Oh, okay, well, if I... Fuck. Anyway, cheers, guys. No, it turns out you just had two cock hookers, right? <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Don't cry, Adam. No, no words, but uh, yeah, well, it was so, I was so bleak. Um, the chat. Then it was cuck funny to watch it happen. Oh, so, and yeah, no, a piece of me, I was, wa- I was wondering about Saeeli. He's been so shit. And I had night time on my bench, but he didn't even start. So, uh, anyway. Well, well, thanks, guys. Much obliged. Um, I'll catch you in the group. Uh, I need to go. So. Yeah, cheers, guys. Just, just, cheers, cheers. Just. Do <laughs> do